covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Welcome in, fans of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast. Zach Kyleman jumping in and kicking you off, as always, going into week 11 of the National Arena League season for episode, funny enough, 111 of NAL Game Day. We are going to, of course, discuss about our previewing of games coming up this week. However, uh, we have much larger news we need to hit off first that many of you may have seen yesterday uh, that we are going to give our own thoughts on and obviously relay as to what might be going on with the rest of the NAL season uh, pertaining to said piece. Before we do that, of course, I will bring in my good buddy, partner, and co-host for the show, Jim Renier, on the other side. Jim, good to have you on. Uh, Weird circumstances, of course, to, uh, you know, with a show, but I mean, it is what it is. It sadly is what it is right now. Um, and uh, we'll be touching on all things, as you many of you may know, um, about what has been decided on for the fate of the NAL's capital region team, the Albany Empire. And it's big news that dropped earlier today about the unanimous decision by the owners uh, to remove the Albany Empire from the National Arena League. Um, it is a, you could say it's accumulation of many things that came to this result. Uh, we'll, we'll show you the press release here pretty soon, but it's a, for me, it's shocking because we built so many great relationships up in Albany. Um, the fans, especially in our discord page, uh, loyal fans of Albany. I feel bad for the fans of Albany, the current and former players who played in Albany. Uh, it, it was, it's a day that we don't like to see. We joke about all the time, like in some past episodes about teams not surviving the bye week, you know, those type of jokes. Um, but in this case, it's just, it, it's stunning. And, but from the press release that you with the NAL release today, it clearly defines what is, what is the reason and why, why this happened. It, it's, uh, it was fast. From my sources, uh, it was something that uh, was put to vote quickly. And a lot of people from I've talked to is basically have just said to me, is like, it's it's time to, you know, you know, time to lead this league to a different path and a different way. And we have six organizations that are committed to this league. Um, and we have football games still to be played. Um, there's people out there that said, what happened to Jacksonville? Um, Jacksonville did not leave Jacksonville. They didn't make the, they didn't make the travel to Jacksonville or to Albany. So um, that's one thing I've kind of got it confirmed, but not officially. But I doubt Jacksonville left to go up there. Um, it's just a stunning couple of – like today was very – it was normal, a normal NAL day with a little chatter, a couple players, people getting booted from some of these fan pages because they're constantly repeating the same video, trying to do stuff. The usual NAL day. Nothing was supposed to happen today. Then around 1 o'clock this afternoon, 2 o'clock this afternoon, um, the NAL announced their decision. The press release was released, and we're here now, NAL game day. Uh, we're going to try our best. Hopefully, 
if schedule does permit either me or Zach or just myself or whoever, we're going to try and get Commissioner Chris Sigfried on here to discuss the future of what's the next steps for the league. Because a lot of the questions out there right now from a lot of the fans and a lot of these teams is, are we going to make up some of these games? How is the league going to reschedule everything? Um, but that, again, still work in progress from the people I've talked to. It's still an ongoing discussion, ongoing thing to get it corrected uh, to move forward. But that's right now. So if you want up-to-date information, ladies and gentlemen, from the National Arena League, visit the National Arena League's website at nationalarenaleague.com or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram for quick updates from the National Arena League. Um, so, yeah, uh, Zach, uh, the question I have, not really questions, just my observation is that I feel bad for the capital city, the capital region. They are a loyal fan base. They loved the empire. They loved the organization. They loved their championships. And I feel bad for the fans, the people who are dedicated to that team. And now for us as a league, for the National Arena League, we have to move forward because we have games to talk about this week, but this is such a big topic to talk about. And a lot of it has been explained in detail with the press release uh, today that was released by the National Arena League, Chris Siegfried and um, the owners of the National Arena League. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll read over the entirety of it just to give you guys a read. We'll have it up on the screen. You can find it at nationalarenaleague.com in the news tab or at the front page, but um, this is the one o'clock release that we are talking about and kind of, I think it highlights why specifically now was the time, you know, I, I, I'll, before I even read it, this is my preference. This it's, it's almost ironic. The day prior I had been on one of the community board community message boards. I'm on talking with a fan of, you know, indoor arena football and talking about the situation going, why don't they just let them go now? You know, we, they can, they can cut their losses. They can, you know, they can just slap in a new team and replace the scheduling. And, and, and this is why I was hesitant as to why, if I didn't know if this was going to happen, if it would, I, I didn't think it would because of the fact now yeah. you're in the situation of you have to find new scheduling. You have to figure out what your schedule is like. If you're losing dates or if you're going to retain dates by finding new ways of doing this, this is what you've stepped into and, and credit. They, they knew this going in. They wouldn't pull the trigger on this. If they didn't go, you know what? We accept that this is where we're heading with this, you know, and the, the press release, I think highlights it when money starts getting involved in terms of you're not holding your end of the bargain up, you know, in terms of fight your league obligations, they, you know, they were Albany did figure things out. They start paying players on a regular weekly basis. We that's, that is a thing now credit. The way that this has ended, that's a whole different story. How this has been ending in Albany, we've getting reports of some pretty uh, unfortunate instances, and that's lightly putting it, of how players and coaches have been treated post-announcement. But up until this point, payments and things have been fixed, had been going through. On the player's side, the league still has to have its mentions. You still have to pay your dues. You still have to help maintain league operation that allows for this stuff to run, including, you know, helping pay for hotel and housing for the visiting teams, you know, helping with other dues that get teams to move and travel around to make things easier for all of your members to operate efficiently. 
And when you're missing payments, as you'll listen in this PR, odds are things start moving a little bit faster when money gets involved. And I think this is where you're going to notice that's kind of where we're at right now. I'll read this off. So I'll start with a quote. This is the entire PR and you'll see it on screen as I go on. So quote, and now we can throw it up. After exhausting all avenues, the NAL Board of Owners has decided unanimously to terminate the membership agreement of the Albany Empire. The decision was reached after an emergency conference call of all members in good standing to discuss the Empire's failure to pay their league-mandated and overdue assessments. Each team is responsible to pay for one-seventh, so that was seven total teams, keep in mind, that's me going off script a little, so pay for one-seventh of the league's operating budget via monthly assessments starting in April. The Empire's owner, Antonio Brown, was also fined $1,000 for conduct detrimental to the league for his recent public comments. A bit side note on that, if you remember, there was a spat publicly between co-owner of the Preds, John Chaney, and Antonio Brown that was under valuation. Um, This is being implied as that on this PR. Uh, Continuing the PR, Mr. Brown refused to pay that said fine of $1,000. After acquiring the Albany Empire, new team owner Antonio Brown paid the Empire's April assessment. The team then failed to make their May 15th assessment payment, and last week, just before the Empire game in Orlando, the league was notified that the April assessment was being challenged. That payment was subsequently credited back to Mr. Brown. The league informed his accountant, Alex, I'm going to pronounce his last name bad probably, Alex Gennaris, who in previous communications requested that the league communicate directly with Mr. Gennaris regarding financial obligations with the Empire. Mr. Gennaris was informed of the league's attempts to collect the delinquent assessments, and he communicated to the league that it didn't seem like Mr. Brown was going to pay the assessment or fine. Once the league was alerted of Mr. Brown's intentions, an emergency conference call was set up, During the call, it was decided to give the Empire until Thursday, June 15th at noon, just that's adding on the date, but until Thursday at noon of that said day to make their payment, after which time the league would be forced to cancel their home game with Jacksonville and terminate their membership in the National Arena League effective immediately. Unfortunately, Mr. Brown has failed to meet that deadline with his to his team's required financial obligations, and as a result, the league has terminated his membership agreement. The league will be adjusting the rest of the 2023 schedule, season schedule, and will announce the updated schedule in the near future. We want to thank all of our fans for our continued support. So as you can tell, as you can tell, so again, you might have part of this solved, but you have to, as was put, and as much as I will say with John Cheney's comments in one said video, um, he does bring up about a piece on committing your share, putting in your weight into this, Mm -hmm. this press release highlights that. And I think that definitely is highlights the nail in the coffin. When you see that not only the May assessment, but you see the April one comes back and now you have two straight months missed along with a thousand dollars that you're owed. And that's a good chunk of change. And you're midway through the year at that point, you know that this owner has the funds to fill out this obligation, that's where you are forced to make a move. And again, that I did, I've told you, I've told people, I, and I'll say this on this show, I didn't think this 
would even be considered until the end of the regular season. You ride the storm out and you talk off field when things are done. Because right now we were looking at the empire. were not trending in the direction of playoffs. So it was going to be a shorter time, but money talks and dumb financial choices with a team you took over can come back to bite you and owners had to make a move. Yeah. And this is what they had to do. I mean, again, it's not what I was hoping was going to happen. You know, even I know some people wanted it, and I'm saying, mm-hmm. yeah, I get what your point is, but it makes headaches for the league Correct. a lot more. That was my argument. But if it's money that's a problem, if it's not paying, paying your fair mm-hmm. share, if it's not doing what you're expected to do, and you're bad-mouthing the league publicly, which this is another thing it wasn't really meant. You know, it was kind of mentioned in terms of the uh, comments made recently which is part of that fine, you could argue, too. He's mentioned rival leagues twice now in the last three weeks. That is a big no-no for any, I think for any, if we're talking PR 101, like this isn't even like NAL thing, this is PR 101. Like you you talk about other leagues and like that. You don't mention that. You know, if you're really focused on this, you don't bring up the other one or another option. And I think that, you know, that led to a partial fine. And it's, we're at this point now we are, we have moved on. It is uh, something I think as much as we've been talking, a lot of fans were asking for it. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, the league was trying not to make this go mid season the way it did, but here we are. They had to make a move. They did a move and they do have plans behind the scenes. They would not be doing this if they didn't plan some part of this out to start getting the phase of we'll finish the season and have a legit good end of the season. Mm -hmm. So that's all I got for this. That's my final notes on that. Besides the PR's own wording out. here. Uh, Final note is it's the, the national arena league stands for a brand. We stand as, as a podcast, we're members of this league. We stand for the, the league itself and the brand that is arena football. We are protecting our brand. And when you protect your brand, you protect your own. And sometimes decisions, tough decisions had to be made. And our, the commissioner and the owners, they stood by their brand. Don't, you know, just, you know, don't throw away what we built over the last seven years. And this was something that as a fan, as was just a fan, it shocked me, but at the same time, he's like, you know what? I see what they're doing. They're protecting the brand that they have built for seven years. Well, technically seven years, but six years because, you know, the uh, the uh, 2020 didn't happen. Right. Um, I get that. Again. Or, yeah, that, you're right. I mean, 2020. Yeah. Obviously, it's, it's weird you put that curveball in league history. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, this is the sixth season. Uh, again, it's in the we, – we can't – add on to anything because we don't know official information. We don't know of future schedules. We don't know what the league's going to do, but we do know is what was stated in that press release and translating that whole press release. It says to me brand above anyone else. They protected their brand. The and, unanimous vote, I think was also a big yes. piece that you had no one opposing it. Mm-hmm. which I think kind of signifies a uh, final nail in the coffin moment Correct. at some point in this past week. 
But again, if you want any more information, it's in the press release. More information will come out later. We will try our best to get Chris Siegfried on here for a, a podcast later. Uh, we were trying to get him on earlier today, but he's so hectic, so busy with all the owners going on right now. They have a lot of work to be doing. There's a lot Especially, of new, yeah, a lot of news, and we got week games this weekend, right? So and you the, still, we still can't. If he doesn't have anything for the schedule, like mm-hmm. the fixed pieces, which we'll be releasing soon, they are hectically uh, working right now. Well, hectic it seems a little frazzled, but they yes. are they are aggressively working to get those dates down. Um, there is. And, progress behind the scenes currently being made that's good and there are rumors i've heard some rumors but i cannot confirm rumors right i've heard about the the season being extended by a week i've heard others about teams getting the 14 games every team playing 14 games so there's no off schedule and then i heard that try and get the teams to just leave the schedule as it is so i've heard other stuff but i cannot confirm it well that's why i wanted to get the commissioner on later so he has all the information for you the fans so when you come to in next time the commissioner can you know, literally said this is what we're doing this is the plan this is the schedule this is how we're going to interact so there's a lot of stuff being thrown around on the message boards in the community if if, if we're not saying it's legit or this commissioner's not posting it on the national Arena league website or any of the six organizations um then it's not legit so rumors are rumors that's what happens but uh, fast, swift action by the National Arena League today. Um, you can tell that they were done with it and they protected their brand. And I respect that, that they protected the brand of arena football, especially here in the National Arena League. So yeah. with that, we can beat we can beat the drum more if we want. But we do have some more stuff to talk about. There, there is more. Um, the, before, I, I don't want to say beat. This isn't a beat the drum thing. This is more of a... Uh, for any of our for any of our uh, empire folks, I know some of you might be going. Well, wait a minute. We've seen it online. Um, you know what happens with my tickets? What happens with my items? Right. And MVP Arena did come out. Um, they have been helping with a ton of ticketing this year, in particular, um, and they do a lot of con- command of the ticketing for the Empire season. If you are wondering about refunds about the season, because they they have released their own statement that the remainder of the 2023 season for the Empire is officially over for them in the NAL, which it is, but it sounds like it's officially over, period, mm-hmm. uh, as of this time. Um, here's part of their press release they released earlier today, earlier as we're recording on our day. Um, all season individual ticket holders will be refunded for the remaining three home games. Refunds can be obtained at the original point of purchase, so wherever you bought it, you know, just go there, start getting a request. Season tickets will be refunded to the original form of payment, and all of individual ticket purchases online at Ticketmaster.com will be automatically refunded. If tickets were purchased in person at an MVP Arena box office, they must be returned to the box office to obtain a refund. Please allow up to two weeks of for the refund to be applied to your account. Uh, finally, Empire Corporate Partners should reach out to the Albany Empire membership for information. That'll be its complete own separate thing, but... Mm-hmm. Got to give a kudos to the MVP arena. They were pretty quick also at bringing their own stuff because they've been doing a lot of the front work in terms of tickets and handling, I think, a lot of items uh, this season yeah. for the Empire. Um, I got to give them a lot of praise for sticking it out uh, with their own ownership of that that site there. Um, this was a great put out. I mean, a lot of people have questions. So like, mm-hmm. this was within a few hours after the press release. They had, the, they had their own out about these refunds. That is a good job by an arena and a uh, venue 
for getting that information to its people. It's a shame for Empire fans. Like that is that is it's the biggest loss of the day is everything associated that was good with it. The community, you know, the players that did, you know, take that that chance on coming in, coaching staff, you know, Mo Leggett getting his shot and, you know, switching over, you know, you know, Pete Purcelli still sticking around and company. That's it's so it's such a damn shame. That that's really the one thing that comes at the end is you just no matter how you feel about the ownership of the empire because there's a lot of people that have their own say on that mm-hmm. no matter how you feel about that everything else loses in this in this deal you know it was a deal of necessity but it's it is everyone else loses is what's sad yeah. you know and i think the league knows that too but th- this is this is the thing that they said this is the best we have right now we 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 feel this is the best movement for this, for their brand, like you said, it it sucks massively for this it community yeah. because it's a good arena football community. It's a deep history of a franchise, especially the Albany Empire brand, which back to back champions. Yeah, up until this year, is it was the cream of the crop, top so, of the mountaintop for this sport. That's what's it's so damning to see that, mm-hmm. you know that and. We'll see what the future holds in the capital region. Who who knows? Um, I mean, I I have nothing to say that would like hint anything. I'm just saying I I hope fans get another shot because they there are damn good fans out there. Last year that I got to meet in person, that I'm like I can't believe these people won't have a team to rally behind because they sure as they sure as hell give their love for their local sports and their minor league sports out there. So it sucks. It really does suck. Is all. Yeah, I, I, again, I feel for the fans. I, I, community. I truly, it hits me hard when a team closes down or gets removed, but there's always circumstances behind it. Of course, that, that nonetheless, it, it's, it's terrible for the folks that actually come out and support and give their all for the thing they enjoy in this, in a minor, in a niche sport that we have too, mm-hmm. of all things. It sucks. I hate it. I really do hate it, but we have to move on. We, we can, we uh, if you're hey, if you're an Empire fan on here and you want to keep and you're following along with us, we appreciate it. We have a ton of folks in our Discord that are Empire fans that I think we can call we can call you guys friends mm-hmm. at this point. Um, and hey, let's in, you know if, if anything, come on, enjoy the ride with us for arena arena football. We'll we'll invite you onto fandoms, onto fan bases. Still, you know, give us a chat because I mean I would hate to not talk with you guys because the team gets kicked out. Mm-hmm. simple as that so anyhow let's talk about games that you guys might be watching and let's talk about games that we're going to be d- jumping into because we got to focus on the on the on the future at this point i know it's it's a lot of news but that is the case we do have to move on yep and uh move on we shall uh diving into week 11 here get into some of the polling and media access if you will about the league what have we th- what have we thought this week about the rankings in the national arena league um of the remaining six teams in the nal uh we did get all vote votes in and as you can see a slight bit a shuffling from this past week not too much it's still pretty standard for the top four um preds definitely are jumping up one warbirds now sink down to six uh first place votes still top two uh sharks getting eight of those Gunslinger's getting two. Um, any, any other notes? I mean, it's besides the movement between the Preds and Warbirds, not really much I can add on besides that. No, just the Predators moving up. Uh, 
they gained some votes um, in the power rankings or the rank or the polls. Uh, the Cobras uh, got the most second place, uh, the second most second place votes um, this week. Unfortunately, they're third. And it's saying that just tells you the, the, the two first place votes that the Gunslingers got, got them over to the second uh, position in, in the poll. And I think that's because of the performance that Carolina had at West Texas uh, last week. Uh, but overall, uh, for the people who are listening to the podcast, uh, Sharks stay at number one um, in, the, in the media poll. Number two is the Gunslingers. Number three is the Carolina Cobras. Four is the Stangs. Um, five is the Predators. And the sixth is the Warbirds uh, to wrap up weeks 10, entering week 11's um, media poll. So, again, it, it really not a lot of movement. It's more of showing the signs of the top three teams are still pulling away from the pack. Um, but yeah, as of right now, the polls really don't show how competitive this league is right now. And if, when you look at the records, even look at it, go, well, that doesn't look really competitive, but it is. It's, it's so far, it's been a very competitive season and the polls, you know, polls and standings are two and two, one in the bush. Uh, they go in and out, but it, some something something phrase. Yeah, something been said. something <laughs> something. Yeah, um, but also some positive news, my friend, and to the people who are listening. We didn't make a bit. We're not making a big deal about this, but uh, this is um, on the day of the airing. This is our second anniversary. Two years ago, on this day in 2021, me and Zach decided, why not the heck? Let's get a podcast going on for covering arena football and the National Arena League. Uh, and it's been two years, two great years. And who knew? In two years, that will be the official podcast of the National Arena League. And talking about this as the spokesman, we could say we kind of spokesmen of the league almost. But uh, as for me, I just want to say thank you to our listeners, to our supporters, to the owners, to the commissioner, to the National Arena League for giving us this opportunity, and especially to our fans who constantly bug us on social media. We love the annoyance. We don't know. <laughs> we may go aggravated, but we appreciate the love and respect that you guys have given us over the years. And thank you for going to our Twitter account, our Facebook accounts, our Instagram accounts, following us, liking us, subscribing to us. Each like, each view, it's a pleasure. We're very, we're very humble because our very first episode, I remember sending text. I still have the text, by the way. I saw it. Uh, we got 15 downloads in our first episode, and I was ecstatic. I'm like, oh my god, we got 15 downloads. We're now averaging now because of Facebook and Twitter and YouTube. We're now averaging over 400 people per episode. We went from mm -hmm. 15 the 400 and that's because of you our listeners from texas to new york to uh, to um, miami or yeah miami yeah florida whatever yeah let's go to miami let's do miami right totally. no um florida georgia and of course because of our reach earlier this year we have reached all 50 states who have at least downloaded one of our episodes and two provinces of canada so 
that's a win-win for me. And again, I just want to say thank you to our fans and our listeners for the two years. And thank you, Zach, for joining me and tagging team this podcast that we thought was just going to be a little fun thing to do. And we turned out to be a go-to source for information for the National Arena League. So, you, sir, happy anniversary. <laughs> it's been a pleasure so far. Two, yeah. year, two years in, many more to go is what I is how I envision it. And yes. uh, we, we still are only just getting started much more, Correct. much more head for the in, inside the walls podcast. And you Absolutely. guys have a lot to play into it. And so does the national arena league and the support we get from those in the NAL across all its teams too. Uh, it's been a thrill. Uh, love doing a good podcast. Love getting to talk with folks that love the game as much as we do. And we've got so much more to give, including yes. week 11 that we're going to be giving a lot yes. more of our analysis towards whether you like it or not. That's another yes. story. You can let us know. We'll gladly listen. Maybe we respond. Maybe we don't. Who knows? But otherwise, you know, we got to give our thoughts and takes. It is week 11 in the National Arena League. we got two games coming up this week, two big ones on the docket, mm-hmm. and two of them that, quite frankly, I again, I think that you can have, have some fun, entertaining football on a Saturday night that you can flip those two games on seven o'clock Eastern for both, by the way, or sorry. Yes. Seven o'clock Eastern. Cause one of them six central that is put on the website. Yes. So 7 PM go on YouTube. You can double screen it. Like we do on our own end with myself, you, you know, our buddies, Ralph, Phil and company do jumps on sometimes too. Well, again, I bring up the cat. I bring up the usual suspects. I'm not yeah. saying they're going to be there, but we can annoy know. Can we annoy him? We can know him this week, can't we? We could be one of those fans on the YouTube. You guys. <laughs> well, Ra- well, Ra- Ralph, you know he he's God. God bless him because he 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 ta- he jumps in and he is razor focused. Once it's game time, nothing phases him. He he no. he sticks away from everything until the end, until the final whistle in the fourth quarter. So you yeah. won't be able to rattle him that way because he does have to work. He is he is the play by play. He is all. the play by play, and Phil's going <laughs> to so... be the color this week. So. <laughs> No, no sitting there taking notes. Uh, But no, 7 o'clock Eastern time for both. Uh, If you're in San Antonio, that's 6 p.m. Central, your time. If you want to go to the game uh, in Orlando, 7 o'clock Eastern, if you want to go to those. Both those should be pretty good crowds, rowdy crowds for both of them. Uh, Can't wait to see that uh, as we're going to dive in and take a discussion. As you guys know, Game of the Week sits last, so we jump in first to Carolina, sticking on a road trip two weeks in a row. This time they come a little bit closer home, but they got to go to Central Florida to take on the Orlando Predators, who, as much as they're coming off a dominant win that they'll be tacking on, which, again, we'll be figuring out the semantics of how that win plays in to the rest of the year, as you may recall, um, they will be dealing with their own issues once again at quarterback. And unfortunate circumstances we talk about, Jonathan Bain looking like out for the year right now and a severe injury that still were definitely any updates we've heard, you know, we'll get. But again, positive movement in terms of like successful surgery and everything. It's just that it's a damn shame he will not be on the turf. Um, however, you're still going to see a veteran name out there. Uh, the Preds did pick up announcing on the transactions wire this week that veteran Danny Southwick, who, as I think Jim Best described, is the the fit, Ryan Fitzpatrick of the arena scene, mm-hmm. uh, is taking the reins in Orlando. He will be suiting up and leading that talented roster, um, which is fascinating because, again, journeyman QB, a lot of talent surrounding him, 
but as we've talked, you know, it's one week of practice. So, you know, going to have to get things in sync and adjust the offenses needed for someone that's coming in on short notice as well. Uh, meanwhile, though, the Preds, I think, have a lot more things. As much as I want to say that they have a lot to focus on getting QB ready behind center, we're talking about a Cobra squad that just watched their starting quarterback, their guy that James Ford has been working on now for the sum of pretty much two seasons at this point, mm-hmm. throw a record 10 touchdowns last week against West Texas, West Texas, and now gets to play an Orlando squad that is no stranger as well to allowing these six, seven touchdown games, even with the roster that they have. Big challenge ahead for them. It's with a, a pretty it's talented a, receiver core to boot. It's a, it's, it's, pretty, it's a big challenge, but they also have the reigning defensive player of the week, Josh Jenkins, on their side. They do. So uh, it's, this is going to be a very star-studded offense. A lot of stars in this game if you're an arena fan. Both sides of the offense. You got Prince, you have Josh Jenkins, you have Clarence Williams, you have Lonnie Outlaw, then you have Nooney Murray, then you have Miles Kelly, you have Lance Evans, you have Adam Smith. You have the stars of the arena game in this game. Um, question is, it comes down to two guys Danny Southwick, Joseph Hess versus Malik Henry. If Malik Henry plays like he did last week in this game, it could get ugly for. Orlando, because that offense last week in West Texas was kicking on all cylinders, and they just ran West Texas out of the building, even though West Texas scored almost 60 points. Still pretty impressive. But that's also the same thing that Orlando can be saying. It's like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, they did score 89 points, but they did give up 60. That means we can move the ball on them too. And they got an experienced quarterback, Danny Southwick, who's been to – Every single arena team and known to mankind, um, even the ones that were played in Jerusalem back when Jesus walked there. That's how long he's been in the game. He's been there forever. <laughs> oh, man. Um, no, no biblical not. references around. <laughs> My God. Coach Rezanalo said that it's not the list anymore. It's a sacred scroll, basically. Of, uh, he did Dan- throw that one out there. <laughs> so <laughs> He got um, me with that one. <laughs> but it's experienced by Danny Southwick. He's been around the block. He's played in that building in Amway when he was playing with the Jacksonville Sharks a couple years ago and won in that building. Um, the overall, I look at this game and it's, there was so much going to be so much stipulations on this game today, especially what's going to happen in San Antonio, that it was a pivotal game for San Antonio for this one, even though they don't play in this game. Unfortunately, that's no longer an issue at the time, at this moment. I look at this game as a couple of key factors. Zach Brown, one of our loyal listeners, has been playing, let's say, a very underrated season. He's balling out, and he's not getting all the recognitions of Ironman or offensive player, but when he gets the rock, he is running the ball solidly. And you know who else is having a good year that no one's talking about? is Devin Maxwell. Very quietly, he's doing his thing. I look at this game and I see players. I'm like, roster by roster, offensive by offensive power, they match up with each position, both sides. Receiver for receiver, even DBs. You got Veal and you have Jenkins. Like, you can literally see 
this team go, okay, well, let's look at Carolina. Well, they got Green. They got Veal. Let's look at Orlando. They got Fuentes. They got Jenkins. I'm like, this is an awesome matchup. And even though Danny has experience and Joseph Hess has, we've seen Joseph Hess go on the road and beat a team on the road in Jacksonville, who's a good team. He could start. Do I think Hess starts? I think so. But I won't be surprised if Danny Southwick starts either. They're just too – it depends on how the offense flows, who has a better, you know, grasp of the offense, uh, so, such short notice. Hopefully, I think they'll lean the Hess, and Danny will be like the backup, but I won't be surprised if Danny starts. But when I look at this yeah. game, I look at the offensive exp- explosions of this team. Carolina has the second-rated offense in the NAL right now, right behind Jacksonville, but that number's getting close. Orlando has the currently the last place defense in the NAL for giving up points and yardage. Mainly a lot of that's from earlier in the year, but it's number two versus number six. Then Carolina, Carolina has the third rate defense taking on the fifth rate offense in Orlando. So you look at the about overall statistics. Carolina has the edge in that. Carolina also has a turnover advantage in that as well. They are third in the NAL, while Orlando is fifth in the NAL. Everything's pointing towards Carolina in this game. Everything. Especially the performance last week. Maybe that last week performance Carolina really bolsters up that the numbers. It always those those instant those certain games where there's big blowout performances, they're like eek. That little spike, that's what happens with the stats. Um, even though I, I, added so. weird, I, I added weird little sound effects in there. Um, but <laughs> I mean, they, did, they did just drop 86. 86, uh, it's, yes. It's largest score, largest scoring uh, for any team this year for a single game. So, it's 750-some uh, yards of total offense. Yeah, That's, that's ridiculous. It's eye-popping. And the thing, the thing that's right, that drives me kind of nuts about it in term, in a good way, not not like I'm being upset that any team dropped 10 touchdown passes lawn. and all that. <laughs> off my lawn. Stop throw, stop scoring so much. You're slowing the game down. I thought this was only be three hours, no, which I will never complain about a, two teams going at it and doing 50-plus and oh, no. going back and forth. That's the arena games I live for, by the way. So, uh, yeah, I will always invite scoring. Um but what it was it's still staggering is you know you're talking run game that has been most of their bread and butter like you Malik is really Malik and company have been really good at, get, at doing it at saying you know what we'll get it down there and then we'll just bully you or we'll just get we'll just let the our running backs take care of things they and did that uh, a lot this past week. you know the more you get comfortable hey maybe the running back the running backs we don't have to lean on the running as much if it's our identity great we can do that but what if we don't need to do our identity what if we got to just give it to Malik and just right. let him sling it. What if we trust? We keep trusting him more and more, which they have been. Not saying that that's not been happening, but oh yeah, you get guys. You get Nyquan Murray fully healthy. Miles Kelly's getting better every week. He's been getting better con- contributing, like he used to. And then you still have Lance Evans and Adam Smith that have taken on extensive additional roles and have lived up to those roles, like we talked about in the preseason, where we're going. Can they take that extra work that they lost from Kendrick Kings and DJ Myers? And they yeah. did do it. They've been doing it. And now you got your QB who you can go, all right, you know, slouches off a rough game, slings the rock in response. I think we're doing pretty good. <laughs> good. You know, got to feel great. I will say you make a fascinating point because we have been talking about Danny Southwick with the Preds, hmm. but Joseph has, is, has been there. 
you know, so you do have as much as we're, we are kind of, we are kind of on the fence on who might be there because there is cases for both because you got one that's a veteran, one that's much more greenhorn, but Hess has been with Ware longer. So yes. that is an intriguing decision to make in a game like this with the, with the Cobras coming to town and you kind of want to steal, you, you do need to get every win now. So man, that tough, tough calls because I mean, we, we've said a lot of good specialty players got to deliver the football to them though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, this game could be two different types. It could be, a one-sided blowout, fair, or it can be a shootout. I'm expecting more of a shootout in this game than I guarantee a lot of people think it will be more defensive because the quarterback question in Orlando. But Hess has you know, more experience with Damian Ware. Danny Southwick just coming in this week. So there could be an instance where yeah, you might see a different type of you know, shakeup in the offense. But I think whoever whoever the quarterback that gets everything down the quickest and fastest will be the guy to finish out the the game as a starter, uh, and Orlando can move forward, and especially to next week's games. Um, but the key position I want people to watch in this game is the two big uh, two big guys on Orlando's line that is Brain Cisse and Freddie Booth Floyd. If they are successfully getting to the backfield and getting to Malik Henry and slowing down the game. Orlando has a great chance to win this game. I think Orlando's defensive line has to be the key factor in this game to pull off a win against Carolina. You know, it's funny. I might be giving kudos here here and have to be like, oh, don't want to give too much because of what we've gotten received. But uh, mm-hmm. if you are uh, Orlando, take that Fayetteville film and, uh, you know, take a look at what they did well. Hey, got pressure on the quarterback early. Hey, made people look uncomfortable real early. Hey, got into a quick lead. Now, credit, the quick lead comes if your offense is working effectively. Keep that in mind, which, I mean, the Cobras are going to make it make it, dar- make it damn sure in the secondary with between Mike Green and Kenny Veal that mm-hmm. you are going to have to be challenged. But on the opposite side, you do have pass rushers that are pretty efficient. I mean, Cissé, Freddie Booth Lloyd, you blitz with Nick, with Nick Haig. You got guys that can disrupt, so I'll give you that. So if they're all in, if they're all continuing on the progress of last week's matchup that they had in the in the jungle, they've got the home field on their side for the majority of the regular season, the rest of the seasons we've talked about. That is in play, but it's got to be common. You got you got to take Fayetteville's game film, and you got to run that same formula. If you're James Fuller, you got to basically go go to Malik and go, hey, you know what? You saw these last two games. You know how you know how to play in tough situations like like this. You know you can do this, you know. And also, might be coming your face, but you can get out of there. You can find that right guy. Yeah, and also if Orlando wants to be a playoff team, this is a not a must win, but a win here helps their case of competing for that four seed. So, yeah. yeah, I mean that, that you ain't wrong. No, I'm you ain't not. wrong. I, I think you're really. I think it's really going to come down. The Preds we've had talks on. Uh, Talented, de- like across the board, of course, it's been talent on paper, but I think mm-hmm. defensively on paper, more so. I've been waiting to see like it rise up a little bit more. Offensively, it comes down a lot to a lot of times it's quarterback. You know, you got to right. be able to deliver, you got to be able to get to these receivers. Defensively, though, last week it showed up. Now, credit, weak, weak opponent that's been doing a lot on the side with its roster, and it showed. This week, though, you got guys on paper. It's time to show up in mm-hmm. the right moment. 
and we'll um, obviously make our picks about that. But uh, that's going to be the most vital aspect, I think, is if you can find any way to steal possessions, slow game, the game down, get four and outs, or a pick. You know, Jenkins and Delvin, Rand- and Delvin Randall, I know you two, are very capable of taking over games if, when put to it. Mm-hmm. This is the perfect time to do it at home. You know, time to flip the script and rally behind the, and, you know, as much as I hate to say it this way, rally behind uh, one of your down comrades, you know, you got something to play for even more so. So a lot, lot at stake that both games are fun this week, but like, I think the storylines there will definitely be impactful uh, Mm -hmm. moving forward into the year. Um, But yeah, can't wait for that one. That isn't our, it's funny. we, We hyped up, not our game of the week though. Because the game of the week, well, I mean, look, it's a team we've been having fun seeing, I think, progressively get better in a lot of aspects, not only as a complete as a roster, but as an organization with the Warbirds and the Gunslingers get the host at home for this week's game of the week, which, of course, we definitely got that preview video. Jim's got that on lock and ready to punch that bad boy in. You know it. So let's take a look at the Wild West Showdown coming to town in SA. Welcome aboard to the Wild West Showdown over in San Antonio. Should be a fun one, especially t-shirts giving out the first Mm -hmm. 
thousand fans showing up and that's where the name comes from by the way is that the gunslingers have labeled it the wild west showdown the two texas squads facing off this time different place same two opponents part two part one was a pretty close affair a little bit different roster at the time uh but the gunslingers made it a defensive effort and made things difficult or sorry the the warbirds made it difficult for the gunslingers pardon my language as you'll learn later on in one of our uh conversations here with uh kevin kevin reynolds of the uh, san antonio gunslingers will discuss but you know coming up a little bit different roster this time around for the warbirds uh gunslingers you know have since then i think you know been humbled a little bit they've been kind of i think trying to make sure hey stay the course stay steady you know, mm-hmm. you are still at the top of the league. You're number one seeded still and are in a good spot with home games for the majority of your final stretch down the line. And now you get to play West Texas in your own building. But is again, we'll, we'll talk. And I know, like I said, we, we got that Kevin Reynolds interview we've been hinting at. They know that this is going to be a hard out for the war with the Warbirds because the Warbirds have been making themselves known that they will not be an easy easily denied team anymore the project car has slowly come close to the finished product it's not all the way there but it definitely makes you it makes you it makes you notice now you you definitely turn you definitely turn your and have a side eye and go okay i see what's going on now we've we've got a pretty we've got to be on alert we we know that they are they are ready and available to possibly upset us if we are off our on our heels or not fully awake and alert if need be. Well, San Antonio needs to come in here, focus and concentrate on West Texas and West Texas alone. Don't worry about anything outside of the arena besides West Texas. They already have pressure right now with the Jacksonville Sharks right behind them, only a half a game. And if Carolina does win in Orlando, they're back at six and two, same record as Jacksonville. And they will be a half a game behind. Um, they'll be half a game behind San Antonio. Mm-hmm. But if San Antonio wins, they you know they they stay that game ahead of Carolina. So and Jacksonville, they get the win, they get the, the, the half game. But if they slip up, Carolina win, and the Jacksonville having a bye week, we have a three-way tie for first. And that three-way tie, Jacksonville gets the three-way tie because at the tiebreaker for San Antonio, and San Antonio has a tiebreaker over Carolina. That's how close. These three, these three teams are. So for San Antonio, it's like what uh, Reynolds said in his interview, which we'll play here pretty soon. It's a one and mentality, 24-hour rule. We know what West Texas is. They gave us a scare. They gave us a run for their money, and they're coming to our house. So I look at the San Antonio team. They had a week off. They had a week to prepare for West Texas. And I don't think San Antonio is that type of team that's going to look over West Texas because they know they have pressure behind them. They know they slip up once, and Jackson was right there. They know it's going to be a dogfight for the rest of the year to see who gets that one. They keep getting that win. They stay ahead, and it puts a risk on Jacksonville or Carolina to, for them to make the mistake to fall back in the standing sum. So pivotal game. But unlike the first matchup in Odessa, there's a certain quarterback that's playing for West Texas right now that wasn't with West Texas the first matchup. Daniel Smith was a quarterback in the first matchup. This matchup, 
it's Mitch Kidd. Since Mitch Kidd has been in West Texas, West Texas' offense has increased their scoring by an average of 13.5 points a game since he's been in the, as a quarterback. That tells me that the offense with Smith and Childress are starting to connect, starting to pop, and Mitch Kidd has learned what well, not learned. He when he first came back in the league against Orlando, you could tell that he was a vet. He understands the pocket. The pocket collapse. He moves around to make sure he get the extra seconds to get the receivers open so he can hit the plays downfield. That's what Daniel Smith couldn't do the first time around. And one thing that we noticed from San Antonio, they struggle against mobile quarterbacks. Sam Castronova was that mobile quarterback. He moved around a lot in the pocket. It means he wasn't scrambling. He was making that extra one or two steps to the right and left, getting that extra time to get the receivers open. Mitch Kidd is that same style of quarterback. He can move, but he's not going to run. He does have scrambling ability, but he's not going to be a Michael Vick type or a Lamar Jackson type quarterback. He's not just going to, you know, tuck the ball and run. He's going to wait to try and get his receivers open. This game is so pivotal on the defensive line for San Antonio. Justin Alexander needs to have a big-time game. If he can get in the backfield and disrupt Mitch Kidd, and Mitch Kidd cannot get his, you know, that pocket feeling or get used to the pocket, disrupt it, then yes, big advantage for San Antonio. If they can't get the Mitch Kidd and he's in back there, and even though even though they lost last week, they scored six, almost 60 points because, again, the arena football is so an odd sport where you can score 60 points and still lose by 20. It's a weird sport. Um, <laughs> just saying. And some teams, I mean, this is in any sport too. Some teams just are on a different le- yeah. level or wavelength. I think Carolina they just caught the team. They yeah. really just caught the Cobras at a Either different wavelength. Yeah. <laughs> um, but overall, this game is pivotal for San Antonio, and for West Texas, like I mentioned about Orlando. A win by Orlando gets them back in the mix. A win by West Texas gets them right back in the mix of for that four seed. Be very intriguing. The, that, the battle of the four is going to be very entertaining all the way to the end of the year, I, I have the feeling. But here's a battle that I want you, the fans out there, to, look, to watch. Drew Pearson versus Weber. Weber hit three deuces. Weber set a record for the longest field goal made in NAL history. He hit a 56-yard kick. That's impressive, by the way. Very impressive. It's very hard to hit that kick in the NFL or an outdoor game. But in the arena game, that's very impressive. Um, one of the things in this matchup, Drew Pearson hit a deuce in his last game. Weber's hitting deuces. Deuces will be crucial. And the Freeman Coliseum is notoriously known to have problems for kickers. They must know how they must need, know how to do a draw or a fade to get around that scoreboard. It's going to be a unique battle there. But also we have other unique battles that we're going to see. Battle between the five seven receivers of Childress and and Cali uh, Rashad Smith versus Phil Barnett Reynolds Arvell versus Mitch Kidd. And one of my favorite battles I like to see this this week, Pierre Turner versus don't be the jack out of the box, Trayvon Schwartz. <laughs> that's because that's you. You he's a, you always say that. It's like, so, uh, but still, 
I think this is a intriguing matchup, and I have a feeling that even though San Antonio may not look at it this way, even though West Texas may not seem like this team, but West Texas is kind of getting this team, this game on fire, meaning their offense is clicking. They just need to find a way to get one or two stops, and they'll be on the other end of these games than what they were the previous two weeks. Now, for San Antonio, the offensive numbers have started to go down a little bit. We've seen by via stats. This is not me making assumptions via stats. Well, two weeks ago, they were the fourth-ranked offense. Now they are the fifth-ranked offense mm-hmm. based on stats. So they're kind of dipped, but the points are still there. You can score. I mean, it, the yardage is so different. It's so hard to judge a team by the yardage because some team may only have, oh, we only had 300 yards of offense, but our, our average starting field position is our opponent's freaking 12-yard line or 14-yard line. So you have a shorter field. So that sure. those numbers are can be changed. But – San Antonio is home. They're in their home building. They got a great theme night going on this week. Uh, make some noise. So I guarantee people are going to be there packed. I know there's BOGO deals going on. So if you're in San Antonio and you want to avoid that website that gets you with those fees, call the ticket office at Freeman. Get your tickets there. That's how you do it. Um, trust me, they'll help you. Every team in the league can help you if you do that. Go pack out this building, even though the record of West Texans doesn't show it. They are a dangerous team, and they have an offense that can score some points. So San Antonio has to play their A game. If San Antonio plays their C game and West Texas plays that type of game where they played in Orlando, West Texas comes into San Antonio and gets the win. That's how close this game. And for San Antonio, these games are big now, very big, especially for the events that happened today. In our today in the National Arena League, these games are pivotal. Now, get a win, keep ahead. The pressure's there, but if you lose, the pressure's really there. So Very three, could, could be possibly a three-way tie. But if you're in San Antonio, get your tickets now. It's going to be a great game. Turning up the heat in Freeman Coliseum for both of these squads. Both of both of the two, I think, have very much reasons to play for. Uh, the home team definitely wanting to stick ahead in the standings without a doubt, uh, solidify themselves as a with a full game ahead if they can. Uh, West Texas, you know, similar deal as Orlando. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a more. I think you're going to keep seeing both of these teams get more desperate. You know, the the lower in the the low in the standings, you need to start pulling out all the stops. So. You know, West Texas is, of course, no slouch, as we've said. Um, talents have been showing up, and they've been getting much better as the season's gone on, no, all things considered, through adjustments, through everything, without a doubt. We'll give you our picks on the other side. However, as we've been hinting at, we got an interview to get to, ladies and gentlemen, and we got a true rookie in the NAL. Now, this is what we've, you'll hear us at the beginning of the broad at this of this interview, you know, to clarify, because as many of you know that are veterans of this sport, there's rookies in your league and there's rookies in the actual sport of arena and indoor football. Kevin Reynolds is a rookie in the sport. So we get to talk to a true rookie and his experiences with his first half of a season in the national arena league talks about the San Antonio gunslingers, the culture there, you name it, all good vibes around all San Antonio and all great buildup to this, to this wild west showdown coming up 
on Saturday night. Take a listen, everyone, right now with us sitting down with receiver defensive back Kevin Ray. And welcome everybody into our latest edition of our Inside the Walls interview series as we've been going on, bringing, of course, latest players, coaches all across the league that we have been having the joy to sit down and talk with. Um, every once in a while, as we've seen with the NAL, it's you got a lot of veteran players, a lot of guys that are the NAL and arena types. We do get new fresh blood every year that comes in and tries out the arena scene for the first time. And we get to bring in somebody that not only is new to the game, but now gets to be brought into a very much anticipated game of the week between two Texas teams with the newest one coming to town in part two of their series this season. We are joined by receiver defensive back Ironman player. If you want to call himself now, Ironman veteran, he's got a little bit of a, a little bit under, under his wings now through this year, uh, Kevin Reynolds joining us from the San Antonio gunslingers over there in uh, West central Texas. Uh, how are you doing, Kevin? Uh, again, first season, uh, you know, getting yourself kind of used to some things in the 50 yard game, dashboards and the like, how, how are you liking it so far? Uh, first I want to give uh, all glory and praise to God himself. Cause I wouldn't be here without him. But, um, so far it's been good. It's been a blessing. Like I said, being under uh, a veteran quarterback, like Arvell Nelson, um, having a veteran group of receivers around me, being the youngest guy or one of the youngest guys on the team. So having guys like uh, Brian Robinson and Kali Rashad and uh, other players that's been around for a while, taking under their wing on off and off the field, it's been, a, it's been a real blessing being here. So I was blessed with this opportunity to play for this team spe- specifically. Yeah, I think if you're in your situation where you are, and we clarify this to be sure, because as we know, you know, rookies designation for arena that can mean you're new to the league or that can also mean you are new to the sport. So I had to make doubly sure when we were researching, having mm-hmm. you on that we're not just stepping and saying, Oh, I've been, I've been outside and done this before. It's like, Oh, well, great. But no, we, we made sure to confirm with you. And you know, it, it's, it's excellent that you are on a squad for yourself that on both sides, because you're playing Iron Man, you know, you're not really, you're not the specialist in this system. So you get to talk with all NAL talents that are on both sides of the ball. You you get to learn from some good guys to kick things yeah. off. That's great. Yeah. You know, especially if you want to, and if you enjoy and keep playing in this league or in other leagues, you get straight up that talent skill set. That's really good quality people. Like you talked right out of the bat. That's yep. good. That's good to hear. Yep. It's also being able to uh, pass it down too, pass down the game. You know that I've learned from them and games, you know, things that I've learned on my own plan over time, I'll be able to pass it down too. So it's just nuggets, you know, you just keep passing the torch down until, you know, the, the fire die out and hopefully it don't. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Kevin, how was your recruiting getting to the game? Who, what brought you to the arena game? Who someone reached out to you or was um, you just an opportunities like, I, I want to test this out. I never played arena ball. I want to test yeah. this out, see if I can get filmed to go to other leagues. Yeah, that's basically what happened. I was um, fresh out of college. I uh, I graduated. I did my pro day and everything. Um, I had some unfortunate situations happen my senior year that uh, kind of li- kind of limited the way uh, I was able to play and stuff like that. So coming out of my coming out of college, I had a lot of um, interest, but not too many people actually willing to pull the trigger due to my, my circumstances my senior year. So um, I was doing a lot of CFL tryouts, XFL tryouts, and stuff like that. And I was bringing, I was causing, getting some attention and some interest, but I never really had anybody to uh, take the bait. So Coach Shaw gave me an opportunity. I reached out to him. Um, me and my agent reached out via Instagram. He, he hit me back right right almost the next day and said, come out come out to the San Antonio for the tryout. 
I went out there in January and uh, I did my thing and the rest was history, you know, from there. So I knew right away after the trial, he said, yeah, you're, you're going to be, be ready for camp. So I knew I was going to have to adjust and stuff like that. But it, it was a major adjustment once I got once I got in the actual arena itself. I was going to say that it's like it's a 50 yard, 50 yard field, yeah, 100 yeah. yard field. That's a quite of an adjustment yeah, to get. I thought, I thought it was going to be easy. I got in there. I got in there between the walls. I was like, ah, this is different. <laughs> so you're the you play the Ironman role, some receiver and some DB. Congratulations mm -hmm. on getting your first touchdown catch this past week. Appreciate well. that. Appreciate that. Was it last week? No, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Um, yeah, we just came up about week. Big, big it's, step it's, though. That's a good achievement to have for you. Yeah. The, the weeks are all getting blended together. Yeah, <laughs> now I don't know if it's last week or two too. Weeks. That don't help. Uh, <laughs> but we've talked to DBs. We talked to quarterbacks. We've talked to wide receivers. You played both DB and wide receiver so far this year. Mm -hmm. The walls. How do you treat them? Do you treat them as a friend or treat them as enemies? Like I don't want to hit you, but See, same time I want to use you to help me. How you, how does that? It's a, a love-hate relationship. <laughs> it's a love-hate relationship because there's times where, you know, I'm out of control, running after a ball, and I hit that wall, and it's like that wall don't move. I'm, you know, it's not budging. But then there's times where I got to put somebody on the wall and. You know they feel it before I feel it, so it's a love-hate relationship. It just depends on what side of the what side of the fence to decide to be on. So, but I definitely was scared of it. I didn't want anything where I gotta stretch out and I feel like the wall is close. I'm I'm starting to tiptoe a little bit, but I'm used to it now. Yeah, that's what we when we ever talk with vet with vets on this show. That's one thing like you you talk similar deal where like when you start out. It, it is kind of a mental thing, mm -hmm. but like, I imagine like guys like, for example, Phil Barnett, talk about a dude that's been through a lot in mm -hmm. particular. And sure. We can talk Kali as well, but I mean, Barnett's a bigger guy that he's more goes up and more go up and get a physical receiver on your mm -hmm. squad. And it very much is one that's, that I imagine is, you know, once you know, it's there, you know, you, you can take that lick, but yeah. just focus on the ball. Yeah. <laughs> if you're on the receiving yeah. end, I forgot. Otherwise use your advantage. If you're on the defensive end, yeah. I mean, Hey, by all means, that's another tackler right there. Just mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I forgot in. about Phil. Shout out Phil, man. He he. I actually steal some of his techniques when I run my route. So shout out Phil. He he definitely, I definitely be in his bag when it come down to certain things too. <laughs> yeah, Phil's a good one too. I forgot about. Phil. He's so quiet and chill. He's easy to you know fly under the radar. Without a doubt, without a doubt. But I gotta ask you too. Um, have you? So this is Iron Man. Obviously, we haven't even asked this first. Have you played? like both both positions before some folks have coming up when they're younger yeah but i mean have you done both or have you been more one or the other since you've been playing um, coming up into pro i'm i'm predominantly a receiver if if you ask me what do i want to play i'm gonna say receiver but i played db as well coming up um all the way up until like my senior year of high school um my freshman year of college i was getting pushed to go play db but i was like i want to score touchdowns i want to dance i want to be you know pretty boy gotcha. so yeah that's, I, I, I like I like receiver, but if the coach tell me go play DB, I'm going out there. Um, you know, do whatever I got to do. <laughs> for for me, I got to ask you. So, for obviously getting recruited, you know, I think you made a perfect example of showing you know, any route is available. You just mm -hmm. got to be hungry and kind of active with this level to kind of mm -hmm. get yourself name recognition. Um, we know Coach Shaw when we've watched. We haven't actually we haven't got a chance to talk to them. We get really got to get that gym at some point, but. You know, as we know, and especially the folks over on Smoking Guns podcast who do the official one for the San Antonio Gunslingers know, one of the most intense coaches in the league from what we've seen on sure. sideline or when we've talked about 
off-field. How do you describe Coach Shaw for yourself as a, at least a mentor or someone that's helping you get into this? Coach Shaw, Coach Shaw is a, a man that he demands your best. He's not going to allow you to go out there and be lackadaisical and, 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 and relax and stuff like that. If you see something in you, he's going to get it out you. So what you see on the sideline is what you see. That's what you get. That's that's him. He's cool, you know. He's cool. Don't get me wrong. He, he's a player's coach. He, he's cool to talk to outside of football and stuff like that. But inside the walls, it's time to lock in. It's time to it's time to get. That's when the intensity come in, you know. And and we feed off that because you know, being uh, he's a younger coach and stuff like that. We feed off his energy and stuff. So we need it, it kind of we kind of balance each other out. You know, with terms of in terms of the team and having Coach Shaw around the energy, we feed off each other. So it, it, it works out real well with having him as a coach and stuff like that. Um, he definitely, uh, definitely one of my best coaches I've had in my football career from little league all the way to now. I can say that without a shadow of doubt in my mind. One, one thing we've noticed from Coach Shaw is that every single post game, pre game or radio show he's been on, he preaches the family aspect of the San Antonio mm -hmm. gunslingers and the one goal, the one and all mentality, excuse me, speak English, the one and all mentality each uh, week. Is that just the overall culture of San Antonio that he's preaching onto the team? Or is that just the embodiment of the San Antonio gunslingers for 2023? Um, I think that is something that we're trying to cultivate into San Antonio starting this year. The, you know, San Antonio doesn't really have, we have the XFL, uh, Santa Brahmas. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't have too well of a season. So, you know, we're kind of like the, the hot seat in the hot seat right now in terms of football in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. So um, I feel like the city is kind of, you know, starting to figure out who we are as a team, as an organization, the league in general. So we're just trying to build a brand and and build an identity for the fans to cling on to. So that, that one and no mentality is letting it be known that, you know, no matter happen, what, no matter what happened last week, win or lose, we're forgetting about that. We're on to the next one. And the next one and the next one. That's just what we want. That's just the mindset we have every week. Never get too comfortable. Never get too new, too, too high, too low. Never get complacent. Stay hungry and stay stay ready. I'm glad you brought that up about the XFL. We don't talk about competition in city as much with this. A lot of the times it's about making sure we're kind of like focusing on competing on more marketing. We don't think about those outside factors. But this is a good point. You know, if you have followed the XFL this year, you know, a lot more bigger exposure, but not as good of a team. And there's a lot of crossover with some of your fandom mm -hmm. that I've seen with you guys. There's a lot of good. I, Jorge Mata is like a, the face of the Brahmas, and mm -hmm. he is one of the main like diehard fans of the Gunslingers outside of this as well, um, besides besides plenty of other characters too that have been around the San Antonio scene. I mean, it's again, you mentioned, I, I reiterate, that's good to have a squad this good two years in, Marketing's great for the gunslingers. You know, you aren't kidding. Uh, hitting the iron wall, it's hot. If you want to yeah. get some leg up in what is competitive, because it's, I mean, XFL, multi million dollar, you know, organization. The NAL is, it, to us, is a bigger league because right. we're fans of the NAL. Right. But in the grand scheme of sports, it ain't, it ain't that level. Right, <laughs> but, right, right, right. you know, you're still making an impact having to have competitiveness in that right. level. And then a lot of us are well. I wouldn't say a lot of us, but some of the younger guys on the team and around the league. I'm sure we're trying to we're trying to shoot up to the next, you know, to the next level. So that's that's probably the next step for a lot of us in the mm -hmm. league around the league is the XFL. So yeah, competing with them is is is, is kind of humbling. But at the same time, we know you know that's where we want to be at. So 
we just got to keep working and stuff like that. We actually went to an XFL game um, when we first came down before camp. Yes, yes, they did post, or you guys did get posted about that via the social mm -hmm. media team uh, and did get to check it out, which is great. You know, I think even when we're talking competition, like it's still local sports and that's a good local connection mm -hmm. to have one in hand in hand. I mean, for crying out loud, one of your best, one of your best defensive linemen was playing for the Brahmas to kick things yep. off at the beginning of the season anyway, yep. and comes back and now is doing what he was doing last year in Justin Alexander right. and just being a game wrecker on the, on the edge rush. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He shuts, he shuts down, he shuts down offenses quick. He's a weapon for sure. <laughs> Kevin, let's get into the conversation for this week. You're playing West Texas the second time. Mm -hmm. A couple of weeks ago, you went all the way out in what Odessa, Texas is a big state. That must be still a long road trip. 14 so, hours. That's, that is a That's long road trip. They've—you could say West Texas fought you guys to the very, very end. Yeah, they did. And it came down to the last play of the game, and you yeah. guys got the stop. Now they're coming back. They—they they just got off of a loss against Carolina, but their offense seems like it's—you know—has awoken a little bit, scoring uh -huh. fifty-nine points. How are you guys preparing for this week in practice for? A Mitch Kidd offense-led team that's very explosive. That's they look like they're finding themselves now. They're coming into the Freeman, taking on you guys. What was the preparation like to prepare for? You know that offense. Um, I don't think I wouldn't say we did anything too different. Like I said, we kind of have the the one and no mentality, but at the same time, we don't take anybody lightly. We respect all our opponents, and we know that um, with us being the top team in the league right now, record-wise, everybody's coming in with the chip on the shoulder, throwing their best, their best at us. So we just, you know, we practice hard against each other, good on good. We iron sharpen iron at practice and we just carry that over into, uh, into Saturday and just, you know, throw our best gun out there. So, you know, see who runs out of bullets first. That's the best way I could put it. Cause yeah, we can't, we can't really, we can't shy away from competition. At the same time, we got to respect it too. So. And also there's a certain mascot out West that <laughs> is, you know, make, <laughs> calling you guys the uh bun slingers this yeah. weekend again um yeah. <laughs> and i joked i was I, I was joking with someone from san antonio one uh smoking guns podcast uh phil mm -hmm. uh the host that's like you know what this is a great opportunity for san antonio to do a hot dog sale or something like that for the uh -huh. yeah. that's like it would be perfect for this game yeah. and he's like yeah, that'd be pretty cool um but they're trying, like, we're trying, San Antonio's trying, West Texas is trying, is trying to make this the next rivalry in the NAL with the West, uh, Wild West Showdown. Uh -huh. um, as a player, is that just more like just noise, or is that just, this is a bigger game, we got to focus on because it's an in-state opponent, and you could technically say they're a rival because they're in-state, or you just take um, it as a normal week 11 football game. I say we take it as like a regular game. Um, we don't really try to uh, put too much pressure on ourselves, you know, going into it because, you know, you want to stay relaxed and loose. So we just look at it as another game. But we do also know that, you know, these guys aren't to be taken lightly and that we need to be on our best and make sure that we're polished on all levels, offensive, defensively and special teams, because these guys are coming with with the chip on their shoulder, like I said. So we know. To stay, stay, stay diligent, stay, stay prepared for anything and everything. Cause, like I said, West Texas is a good team. They're not, they're not, you know, not no pushovers. As you can see, we had trouble with them last time we played them. So, we know this time we got to be firing on all the courts. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I mean they're they're what we would call 
I would say you can call them scrappy, call mm-hmm. them, you know, not the, wouldn't call them out. easy out at yeah, least. Hard out, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hard, the hard out, that would be a better way of putting it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going to say, really, no team out, but... in the NAL is, is an easy win, to be honest with you. Every team, every team that we've played is, they've thrown their best at us. So, yeah, we, we, we just know, you know, we got to be ready, you know, so we don't take, we be prepared the best way we can and go out there and fire our best shots. Mm-hmm. Oh, without a doubt. And luckily, you guys, that's one thing that's a benefit back end of the schedule. A lot mm-hmm. more home games to play in Freeman. Yeah. Got that good crowd behind you. Yeah. Um, got the cowbells, which have been carrying over since last yeah. year. That <laughs> People held on to those things tight like a coin purse. They do not. They bring them every yeah, game. We got the cowbells you know, you and know the, uh, the blue horns. <laughs> that's yep. that's like a West Texas thing now. That's what's funny. Yeah. Like yeah, The more West that. Texas has gotten ingrained in the league, it's now that they've taken like almost like the soccer approach. Yeah, it sounds like we're watching a World Cup game. <laughs> like, no, uh-huh. Actually, or, or Kevin, you may know because the CFL, they do a similar deal. Like a lot yeah, of the crowds, do. they'll do the blow horns. Yeah, you know? they do. Yeah, they do the same thing. It's like, yeah, the whole game. I'm like, man, what is that? <laughs> Your team like, is bro, on offense. Don't care. It's on, media time, it's on media timeout, bro. There's nobody playing right now. You don't have to go to home. Bro, please. My ears. It's <laughs> all you hear this all is indoors. <laughs> it doesn't it's dissipate. It reflects. Yeah, it's good energy, good though. I, I appreciate the fans. And we need me. We need more. We need San Antonio to come out even more, man. We're trying to pack out the Freeman. I appreciate the fans and the energy they bring, though. Because we definitely feed off of them. For sure, for sure, for sure. Especially mm-hmm. defensively when we need those stops. Yeah, they, they turn us up. They make that noise. They blow them blow horns. They bring them cowbells. And it, I could feel the energy shift, especially when we actually do get the stop. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I know that you guys, a lot of a lot of players and uh, the gunslingers are very active in the community. Have you ever been to San Antonio until this year or uh, uh, out this way in the country? See, I said I didn't, but my mom was like, yes, you have. So apparently I have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. She said I have. I've been. I say Mama knows best. So I'm sure. I, I'm sure I have way back when. I just don't remember. But I'm a history man. I got my degree in history, so I know all about San Antonio, the Alamo, oh. Crockett, all that stuff. So it was go. interesting when I first got here. I went straight to the Riverwalk to go see, uh, you know, the, the historical landmarks. I haven't get to the. I haven't gotten to the Alamo yet. I'm saving that for a, a special occasion, but. They say the Riverwalk is a place to go, though, in San Antonio, yeah. right? Yeah, that is. The, it that's, is. The, that's, the, that's the tourist attraction, for sure. That was the Might first be a place location I that means Zach may have to be in championship weekend than the Riverwalk in San Antonio. Yep. Hopefully it's we can bring it back here. That's, uh, what, that's what we hope for. <laughs> I would say I've been that's to the Riverwalk one time in my life uh, in San Antonio, and that would be the perfect excuse to go back because I, I completely understand. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen some folks joke, oh, it's just like, no joke, when – um this is kind of bear with me the story nba related you hear folks talk about the nuggets and all that and someone brought the spurs back in the day and about oh what's in san antonio oh there's the river walk someone brought that up like as a cliche as like a cliche oh it's just the river walk i'm like you don't understand that is a beautiful part of town to go to (laughs) that is its own massive thing don't throw this around like it's just some random piece of the city you know And then the river is huge. I walked it. I was like, Jesus. Like, I didn't realize I was still walking along the river. I was like, man, let me find out where I need to go back to get to my car. I'm about to be on the other side of San Antonio. <laughs> it's so big. 
<laughs> it's, it's, it is massive. I, that, you got me wanting to go back for that. Al, Alma, so Texas barbecue. I mean, hey, or, or you know, yeah. any Mexican over there. You got to do out here with the gunslingers moving on. I mean, again, first touchdown, more things ahead for you, obviously. But, you know, it's about the team, as you've been saying. Um, anything else you're looking at for the rest of the year? You know, I, I think you laid out a pretty good path, but, I mean, just in case we miss any intangibles, obviously love to hear any of your thoughts about, you know, what else you're looking for in your rookie season now that you're over halfway through it. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing where the season takes us because so far I'm, I'm feeling real good about everything. I'm, I'm real, I'm a little superstitious. I don't want to speak too much on what our, our goals and aspirations are, which I feel like is pretty obvious for each, you know, team in this organ, in this organization, in this league. So, but, uh, I feel real good about everything. Like I said, I uh, I have, of course, I have my own personal goals and uh, aspirations I want to achieve. But overall, the bigger picture is I want to walk away with a ring. So, because that'll take care of a lot of things personally. So, that's the biggest biggest thing I'm ready. I'm looking forward to is playing, getting in the playoff play playoff atmosphere, and hopefully carrying that over to the championship. Bringing it back so we, you guys have a reason to come to that river walk. <laughs> that's true. I'd love it. I love um, the thought there. Just as this is, I, I I've asked this to other San Antonio players, and I I, I forgot to ask it to Arvell the, mm. earlier this year, but I did Kylie Rashad. Um, morning time. Are you a breakfast taco person? Because San Antonio apparently is famous for breakfast tacos. I'm not. I'm not a breakfast taco person. Wow. If I I'm I'm I'm, I'm if I'm eating breakfast, I'm real big on breakfast. Mm. If I wake up at 12 p.m., I have to eat breakfast. If I wake up at 3 p.m., I have to eat breakfast. But if I eat breakfast, breakfast to me is pancakes and eggs and sausage, cereal, anything sweet, waffles, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. If I eat a taco, it has to be around lunch, even if it's a breakfast taco. I eat a breakfast taco around lunch. But the the word taco makes me feel like lunch and dinner. I don't know. (laughs) That was my last question, so yeah. I can't get myself to eat a breakfast taco. Uh, you remind me of one of my buddy, my buddy buddies up in Chicago that it's uh, we've had discussions about uh, times for breakfast lunch. I'm a guy once I'm the McDonald's guy where it hits 11, and I'm like, no, nope, breakfast is over. I gotta cut it off. Time to go nope. to lunch. No, nope. it still says 11 a.m. a.m. That means breakfast. <laughs> you told me that too. A.m. means breakfast. Kevin, you've been great, man. Glad we got to chat with you, man. It's been a great, great conversation to be on here with you. Best of luck here with the uh, Wild West Showdown coming to town mm-hmm. this weekend. Uh, should be a really good matchup. One of the two this weekend in the National Arena League. Uh, both will be great, but that one, yeah. without a doubt, is game of the week. We'll be tuning in, no doubt, uh, given that extra bit of attention, if you will. Good to have yeah. you on to preview it and get to talk about just you know having a rookie in the league. Like I said, it's uh, it's yeah. not. Not all the time, but it's unique to have someone when we get to chat about their first times coming in. Yep. I appreciate y'all having me on, man. I appreciate it for real. It's been a it's been a, a fun season so far. So I look forward to what the future holds. Same with you. Catch you on the flip, Kevin. Already. <laughs> Feel like I'm 22, you know I'm 305 Tatted on my body, I got everybody in a job Somebody hit the light camera, let me improvise Can I get a hallelujah, more moolah More peace for my medulla, the whole crew up, yeah Louis Prada, Dundada, top flow Come take a ride up with the rider I came up from the bottom You had no 
life. Hell yeah, we fight. Who's gonna stop me now? Oh, what a lie. Yeah, sing it. I can't even lie. What a time to be alive. Drinks in the sky. <laughs> Ever so closer to the NAL championship. We're going to keep on rolling that way with your teasers because, hey, that isn't, that's not too much farther down now. Big old game right around the corner. Big playoffs coming up. We bring it up because over, over halfway through the season now, so you have to keep focus. 57 days away. NAL championship coming this August. Keep in tune with us for more of your details on what might lie ahead. And, of course, watch these games, too, to keep yourself informed of what lies ahead as well. Because uh, as we're seeing, as we, of course, hinted, as we've hinted and talked about in this interview, uh, you know, Gunslingers, 6-1, and one, sitting mm-hmm. still nice and pretty right at the top. You know, it had obviously had that uh, blowout loss to the Sharks. But other than that, business as usual, 1-0 weeks. Fred Shaw very focused as he is as a coach. And? A player's coach, as Kevin described, um, we definitely have been have been saying that he has been doing an excellent job so far in his short tenure with the San Antonio Gunslingers. And uh, year two, it's been proving it. They've been building on it just like they did at the end of last year. It's good times ahead. It's been great. So, um, pick them. Pick'em time, baby. Let's go. Woo. Let's roll. It's Pick'em's time. Here we go. I, I said Pick'em's weird. Pick. It's Pick'em time, baby. <laughs> There's no plural there. Uh, English, as we English. say on the show. It needs to be, we need to do better at actually using our grammar and punctuations. Anyhow, let's talk football, which, you know, does include huh? us talking and making sure we say this right. <laughs> Here's the deal. Last week, we were, we were, we've been, we'd gotten off by a game. We were seeing if we could kind of tie things up. I, I was wondering if Jim and I were going to match, match picks. We did not. The West Texas game, you might remember, Jim picked West Texas. He, yeah, he yeah, saw that yeah. upset on the wall. Now, I, I'm, no, I'm not bragging. And I, I, and here's the thing I wouldn't have, none of us, neither of us projected an 86 point game. We're not even going to go there. No. But I, I definitely took on my own. They got off the mat, they played their part. I went, I went three and zero. Oh. Uh, still a tight battle till the end end of the year. Um, in our own pickums outside of this too, but yeah, uh, you never know the NAL. Things can swing one way or another. There's six competitive teams in this league. We got four of them playing on Saturday night in primetime hours on YouTube. Kicking things off though, first of the two Cobras visiting the Jungle to take on the Orlando Predators. I I'm slowly gonna get better at being the PA announcer in Orlando because I, I want to be that level of energy. That man is a different level. I love listening to him and the crew because I just wait for that. And Jim's wanting to count how many right you are. Donnie's get brought up in broadcast every single time. It'd be a betting line, I swear. <laughs> it, it really, we, we really could do an over under on yeah. the show of how many times you're going to hear right. You are Donnie when a, mm-hmm. when a predators game takes place at Amway, but no. it's fun. It's so, I'm going to put, it's I'm so gonna put an asterisk, and the next time we do the graphics for this, this is aren't you right, Donnie over under? And <laughs> we're going to put that as a betting line. <laughs> next right. year, we'll track from the beginning how many right you are Donnies were cracked on broadcast, like some, like one of those like PR infographics where you like yeah. put it at like yeah. the corner. <laughs> uh, place your bets. Yeah, you lost forty a, bucks. Why? He, he said you guys. Li- you guys obviously listen. In. You you're great. Keep on keep on doing you. Uh, Cobra's going to the Preds, though. Uh, questions at QB. Uh, defensive questions, I think, especially for the Preds in terms of what they can do to slow down the Cobras. 
can the Cobras match the same intensity as last week? That's something we didn't fully bring up, but you know, again, 86 points, that's no slouching number. That's uh pretty darn high for any team to hit on a regular basis. And that, and that is saying something given the fact that the sharks have been regularly hitting 60, 70 point games all year and have been, have been cruising as the top overall offense in the league. Um, I'm going to be sitting here. The uncertainty of QB definitely link hinders my choice in going towards Orlando. I actually have a little more faith in, in Carolina because I think they're, I still think that they're playing some of their better ball right now. I got to go with the Cobras with my choice. Uh, it Preds, I think defensively, there's a shot, you know, like, like we talked, there is an avenue where you can, you can cause disruption. You can get Malik Henry off his game. If you look at that Fayetteville playbook, I just am wondering if they are going to be able to get that done. I think that Malik Henry has consistently every week keeps getting more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a perfect capstone last week to say, Hey dude, I have fully arrived. I'm feeling in the zone. He can maybe do it on the road. going to be a little tougher as much if probably a little tougher venue, of course, being Amway being the crowds that come out for those Preds games. But I go with the Cobras, man. I'm going Carolina. I'm right. I am. Uh, I'm following along with the snake pit. Well, uh, that's not a bad pick at all. Um, with the Cobras, excuse me. Why is it not popping up? There we go. Oh, ah! There <laughs> we go. Uh, technology. It doesn't work. Sometimes I, I absolutely don't understand why sometimes, but, uh, the, this game, it, I mentioned it in the previous, uh, well, in the conversation we had in the, before their interview, is certain games have certain tendencies, and sometimes when you're breaking down the game, you want to look at individual people who can win certain individual battles, or the overall body of work of what the team is or what the team can be. Seeing that we're so deep into the season, we can we know we can tell what team is what right now. We know what Orlando is. We know what Carolina is in the se- in this so far this season. But I'm going to do some interesting stats for you, ladies and gentlemen. The Orlando Predators have hosted have hosted the Carolina Cobras only get this three times. They've hosted three times. Carolina has won all three matchups in Orlando. In all three matchups in Orlando, Orlando has won a combined, well, except for one game, which is one of the only complete shutouts that happened in 2019 where Carolina beat Orlando 60 to nothing. The other two times were two possession games. Just historical facts. Historical facts in the National Arena League is that Carolina leads the all-time series 6-2. to two. And they have an average winning percentage against our winning point percentage, or not point percentage, speak point English, and point differential. There we go. See, I, I was laughing at you. Now you can laugh at me. Uh, <laughs> okay. The Carolina Cobras have an average point differential of 13.5 points in this series. That's two possessions. Does it continue in this game? Well, Numbers don't lie. Stats don't lie. Does Carolina go into Amway and win again? Until Orlando shows me they can beat Carolina in Car- in, in, or- in their own building, I'm still picking Carolina. Because sometimes you have to go with the stats. These two teams, by paper, look very even by the talent they have on both rosters. Do I think it's going to be that 60 to nothing blowout what we've seen in 2019? No. 
It's not going to be like that. I think this is going to be a close. I think it's going to be a very exciting game. I think it's going to be a very explosive game. I think both offenses are going to move the ball and score a lot of points. I think we're going to see the deja vu of what happened in Odessa last week. So, But I got the Cobras in this matchup. To sweep for us right now, though, like I said, you never know. Preds have a veteran roster. It's just going to have to play up the stuff and get – things done in front of the home crowd meanwhile it is time game of the week pick do we match up picks this week do we do we match this up it's been a while it's been a few weeks now since we've had uh both of us leaning on the same choices let's see if this continues on as the warbirds come around and go to the freeman coliseum down in san antone to take on the gunslingers who are now on their big home stretch towards the back half of the season gunslingers have been right have been pretty steady even like i said since their blowout loss to the sharks they've been pretty steady going since then warbirds a lot of tuning a lot of promise and as we've said interview out of interview it's going to be a hard out or an upset win question mark uh as much as i do like the west texas warbirds i like mitch kidd i think that you're going to see this be another close possible one possession game and mitch will be part of that deal it's going to be much higher scoring than last time the gunslingers are going to have to come up to the task to be better and more efficient at scoring against the warbirds than they did last matchup over in the hangar but i do think the gunslingers get it done in front of that home crowd with the talents they have i like mitch kid and i like what the gunslingers have on both sides of the ball i just think that you see a San Antonio team that's going to give a little bit more. I'll tell you what, though, out of the two games this week, I actually do find that this one is intriguing if we have the same flow, game flow as the last time. Where we're seeing the West Texas defense step up. Because if they step up and you see Mitch Kidd get more attempts and more opportunities than, say, Daniel Smith did last time, intriguing. Is very intriguing to think about. I don't know if that'll happen though. I'm still going to go with the Gunslingers. I have that. I have that much more faith at the moment that they will pull this out. But boy, I, uh, when I multi-view both these games, I uh, I'm expecting I'm expecting some good football. I, I have no worries about whichever one's on screen. I'm going to have a fun time with either one. Um, let's see, Jim. Though, do you do you agree with me? You're going to split off. You're going to take the uh, Warbirds train or Warbirds flight for the second week in a row. You know what? Um, the way I broke down the first game is unique. You picked the you picked the Gunslingers is a great pick. I really like that pick. But San Antonio, my fans, my 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 family, the Smoking Guns podcast, the West Texas Warbirds will go into the Freeman Coliseum and they will. Nah, San Antonio wins this game. I think San Antonio wins this game. They hold off. Uh, I think it's going to be a good game, but I just have a feeling that the week off for San Antonio uh, is just enough for them to uh, make enough a game plan to uh, find a way to hold Mitch Kidd and that explosive offense in, in West Texas down. Give me the gunslingers in this one. I was envisioning either Phil or Ralph as the person that was rotating that <laughs> that coat hanger and saying, you know what? 
I ain't taking this today. No, no, you're not going to say that. But it's, I don't think West Texas is one that, like, we sweep the votes on it. But, like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's like a definitive guarantee mm-hmm. that the gunslingers get it done. I mean, let's be, let's face it. You know, the, the differential does add context to the gunslinger season. It's been a lot of one possession games. They've gotten it done. And, and, oh. and fans of that team, they have said it in droves. And I agree with you. Getting it done is important. You, if you're six and one, you execute and you get things done, but they play close games. It, it comes down to those few plays. Usually at the very end, it's who makes, who doesn't flinch last or who flinches last you know that type of deal and so if you let west texas stay with you you have to play up to that okay we get, we're back in the same song and dance and luck doesn't always stay around so i got to me san, san antonio on paper should win this game mm-hmm. west texas though has proven that we ain't gonna make it that obvious that you're gonna or sorry we ain't gonna make it that easy or we are going to make damn sure that if you are going to win, you can't slip up. You're going to have to make us slip up or we're going to have to do it to ourselves. It's that simple. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I think it's going to be an exciting game. I think this is, even though the record doesn't show for West Texas, they are a much better team than a couple of weeks ago when they faced against uh, San Antonio. San Antonio got the win over Orlando. Got more, got their bye week, got some rest, got some more film, got some more practice time to get ready for West Texas. I think they'll just be prepared um, in the Freeman. And I think a good crowd, good atmosphere. And I think it's going to be a good showdown. Honestly, what they say, rivalries usually don't start until something happens that was not expected. You can name it, you can name this game no matter what you want to call it, but it's not a rivalry until someone does something that they're not predicted to do. So. Who knows? Does West Texas go in there and pull off an upset? Because if that happens, you got yourself a rivalry. You certainly do. Jason Gibson said, said has said it to us before. Mm-hmm. Got to get a win on the other side before we can really start talking uh, deets and all that and all that. And we all, we we encourage it. We like we like the little battles. We like the we like the kind of you know fan base is saying ah rah rah here we go you know and credit top gunner being top gunner still throwing the bun slingers around thing that that that's still kind it, of it's a classic it's funny i think that might actually stick for for warbirds fans and that is going to be hilarious if, if so but I, I it's catching on to me mm-hmm. i don't know about you guys it's catching on to me i'll, I'll tell i like it i think it's funny as hell <laughs> i'm just glad that we haven't been getting attacked by uh by top gunner it's smoking guns has been getting all the action against them now. Who who, who 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 reversing though? Is he? <laughs> yeah. We, we got to take him on in some way. Maybe like uh, maybe like mascots meet up at the championship and we're like, oh, they volunteered us for the halftime mascot football game where we have to be. It's media versus mascots. <laughs> Top Gunner's the quarterback. Are you blitz? Are you blitzing as the Mac Jim? Are you going up the A gap, or am I going to be going up the A gap? I, I play defensive <laughs> line, so no, like oh. no, I'm not. Well, then a we're Mac both or... going to be on line. I'll be on. I'll be the other. I'll be the left side edge. You can be the uh, right. Nah, nah. <laughs> you can get more athletic guy to play the <laughs> the Jack and the Mac. Well, now, if we're on we get... offense, we can. We actually have a legit quarterback, though. We got Mason. Oh yeah, hmm? yeah. Oh my gosh. Ace in the hole. We got Mason Espinosa. Game over. 
Yeah, you ain't gonna stop our offense. Our receivers might be slow, but our quarterbacks will give you the get the ball there in the right Game point. over. I was yeah. center in high school. I will snap to him. <laughs> the problem is I never played offense when I played football. I was oh, on the defense. No, that's okay. Was, you'll be the Iron Man character here. You'll be that you'll be either the tight end or you'll be that outs one of the other edges that just is there to be a big body in the way. Or yeah, you can be a fullback. Yeah, you, you trust yourself hand, holding on to a ball? Uh, yeah. Problem is, is I can trust myself holding on the ball. The question is, will my knees survive trusting holding on to a ball? Touche. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hope we have pads on. I at least want something so I, I don't smack the turf. <laughs> I mean, sure, but like. Jim just on. got thrown to the board. No. Dang. <laughs> Top Gunner did that. <laughs> he got Dang. him hard. Dang. <laughs> All right, everyone. I think that's about going to do it. Yes, throwing the dang towel. <laughs> oh, geez. Wow. Yeah. The, I would, would I would be that guy. I would be like your Apollo Creed or your Apollo Creed trainer on the other side. Throw in the damn towel. <laughs> and you just, even though it's breaks mascot rule, it would be, it would be the way of like, you go up to him. It's like, yeah, man, we're going to have a good time. And you just hear through. You hear through the mask, I will break you. <laughs> Did you just talk? He walks away, doesn't say anything. <laughs> no, he'll go the mask. If he dies, he dies. He dies, he dies. <laughs> now we're going to talk about Rocky now. Okay, well, it's time to end the show today. Bro. Yeah, I think that's I think we've finally gotten to the finish. The finish line's there, but like we clearly have stumbled to it. We're I'm going to touch the end line and say this is it. Thanks for tuning in, guys. If you're wanting to keep up with the latest in the National Marine League, including um, future changes to the schedule and what we'll be doing, hopefully to get Chris Siegfried on, Commissioner of the NAL, on to discuss some of these changes. Uh, pay attention to our social at Inwalls Pod, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, uh, where we also drop, as Jim do, does very quite frequently, any other news nuggets, graphics that we do, you know, video highlights, and some of those excellent mashups. You can catch a lot of his content on Inwalls Pod channels on those favorite social media platforms if you follow along. Uh, by the way, pushing for that 1K on Facebook. We're really close. We, I've been noticing a bit more. We're now under 90 new followers that we need away before we hit 1,000 on Facebook. That's a huge accomplishment for us that we're looking for to hit that we kind of snuck up on. So we didn't see it, but we're like, dang, you guys are really popping off and following along. Uh, tell your friends. We're close to 1K. We'll be a big celebration about that when that when that happens. Subscribe to the channel, by the way, too. Doing great stuff on the channel. Glad to see you guys tuning in uh, for the YouTube videos. Uh, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Click that bell. Builds morale, not only for you, but for us, too, as another one of my shows says. Um, and hey, we get to bring you some excellent content. That bell helps you uh, see when we drop our episodes, because, you know, we're doing two a week. So if you miss one and you fall behind, I mean, geez, man, you got to go back and watch the whole thing. Click that bell, man. You'll be keeping up with the rest of with the rest of us when you get to chime in and listen in, and you don't miss any interviews too, like we did with Kevin, like Ed with that Kevin Reynolds one we posted on here as well. Got good content, got good videos and content. You don't want to miss it. Click the bell, builds morale, and it gives you a good reminder. Well, before we go, remember one thing. He already kind of hinted at it already because Trayvon Shorts. Now we just need to get you on the show so we can have that joke and finish it off. Uh, but Jim, what do we got to what do we got to remember? What's Trayvon got to remember? <laughs> Don't be a jack out of the box. <laughs> Until next time, everybody, I'm Zach Common. He's Jim Mernier. We'll catch you for, for NAL Rebound Week 11 edition, episode 112, this coming week. 
<laughs> Stay tuned till then. Follow the show. Have a good weekend, guys. Great games ahead. Love you. Love you all. You guys are awesome. See you then. your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier.